What's up, everybody? I hope everybody's well. Dude, Crunchyroll finally has the new Dragon Ball movie on it, so I'm watching it. I've watched it before, but I wanted to watch it again. I'm really excited that it's on there. But remember, follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore PTM on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later. Welcome back to the Punch the Mouth Podcast, episode 124. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. I'm recording this on Monday because I believe the rankings aren't really going to matter. And that's the only reason I record on Tuesdays is because of the rankings. But I believe for the fights that just happened, the rankings aren't really going to be coming into play. Because I do believe the next fight will be Buena Silva. Versus Juliana Pena, if they don't get that Raquel Pennington fight done. If they get that fight done, then that's the fight we're going to get. But worst case scenario for Buena Silva is she becomes the backup fighter. And I know, depending on which side of the fence you are, that's either a good thing or a bad thing. To me, personally, it's a good thing. But, yeah. The big story this week was the fact that Jamal Hill suffered a ruptured Achilles tendon. Because somebody organized a basketball game. If you were on social media, you saw Daniel Cormier post about it. He was on the winning team. So my understanding of it is he ruptured it at the game. They made, they said, okay, you need to stop playing. Then he went on the train. And that's where it completely made it worse. So he had to, well, he didn't have to, but he made a video saying, he was going to vacate the belt and all this stuff. So now we're in a situation, right? We're in a situation. A situation that now where we were back in November of last year when it came out, that Yuri had injured his shoulder and that he was going to vacate the belt. And they tried to get a champion in for December with the Akilaya Bakovic fight. That fight ended in a draw. They got it in January with... Hill and Glover. We shall see, man. We shall see. If you're asking for my opinion, here's what I think should happen. But I don't think it's going to happen. What I believe is going to happen is the winner of Yuri versus Alex right now in two weeks will fight Yuri Prohaska. I said Yuri, right? I meant Jan. Jan and Alex. I believe they will fight Yuri Prohaska between November, December because... I think they're going to put the lightweight belt on in Abu Dhabi in October. September, they're going to Australia. That's the quote-unquote Drikis Duplices Israel Adesanya fight. If Drikis can make it, I say could make it because you, you never know, man. You never know if he had an injury going into the Robert fight. Right now in August, you're going to get Sean O'Malley versus... Um, 
Aljermaine Sterling and what could potentially be Aljermaine's final Bantamweight fight before he decides to go up to featherweight. Right? So we shall see what happens. So I'm telling you right now, either November or December is when the light heavyweight champion is going to be crowned. Because there's no way they're going to do it right now in July. Because, let me tell you why. Because the BMF belt is already going to headline that July card. And the only reason they do that is like everybody says is because they didn't have a champion and they want to put more oomph on the card. Even though I think the card speaks for itself. Excuse me, with the quality of fights they put on. I mean, you got Bobby Green versus Tony Ferguson. Alex Pereira versus Jan Blakovich in his UFC light heavyweight debut. I say UFC light heavyweight debut because this is the first time he fights at light heavyweight in the UFC. He was a multiple world champion in kickboxing. And I believe in Muay Thai, but no, I want to say kickboxing, not Muay Thai. I don't think he ever fought Muay Thai. I could be wrong, but his specialty was kickboxing. Listen to the UFC 291 card. Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. Jan Bakovic versus Alex Pereira. Paulo Costa versus Ikram Aksurinov. Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Holland. Stephen Thompson versus Michael Fijera. Derek Lewis versus Marcos Rodrigo de Lima. That's a crazy fight right there. Trevin Giles versus Gabriel Bonfim. Roman Coppola versus Claudio Ribeiro. Jake Matthews versus Miguel Piazza. CJ Vergara versus Vincia Salvador. Okay. That fight could have survived without the BMF belt. This is why I believe that the Jan Brockovitz versus Alex won't be for a title because then they would have to be moved because... The UFC wants to protect their titles and make them the most important thing, and as they should, as the world-leading fight organization when it comes to MMA, they should, man. Really excited for this Paulo Costa Ikram fight. I really cannot wait for that. I'm excited for that. That's the fight for me, even though all these fights are great. That's the fight for me. And hold on. Let's read an article that I just saw. It's from Sportskeeda. They're pretty good. Paulo Costa seemingly, seemingly confirms blockbuster fight against huge name after shock UFC 291 pulled out. Oh my god, who pulled out, bro? Paulo Costa was originally scheduled to, fate, to fight newcomer Ikram Akirilov at the Delta Center in Salt Lake City at UFC 291. However, less than fortnight, it says less than fortnight remaining, the card now seems to have a huge replacement as Costa was replaced by Roman Dulitze. Is this true? It says Ikram Akirim Alessekrov. Sorry, what am I saying? His name is Akirim Alessekrov versus Paulo Costa is off. According to Ikram's camp, the new fight in the works is Ikram Alessekrov versus Roman Dulitze. What again? Son of a bitch, bro. While Paulo didn't initially provide any reason for the pullout, the now for the he now seems to have hinted at a new booking. MMA Polly reported that Bohashinya has been booked for a high caliber clash against Hamza at UFC 294 in Abu Dhabi in October. If this is true, this is my only problem with this. Paulo was originally against waiting this long to fight Islam. Why are you going to get me excited for you to fight Ikram 
And then just go with what the UFC wanted you to do in the first place. That fuck, that irritates me, bro. Well, Alessek Rob is only one fight in old in the UFC. The Russian is currently riding a six-fight winning streak. His long professional loss dates back to a 2019 decision against Hamza Chimaev, which Balls acknowledges as his toughest fight of his career. I mean, I'll reach out to the UFC, but... I don't know if he really has pulled out or not. And then there are apparent leaks that the Jan Blakovic versus Alex Pereira fight will be for the title. I don't know too much about that. I will also ask about that. But like, let, let's think Let's think about this. If this is true, if this is true and Alex is going to fight for the UFC light heavyweight belt. So he lost his first fight in jungle fights. He won a second fight. So he's one and one, and then he won his third fight in jungle fights, and then he goes to Legacy Fighting Alliance. He wins there. I saw this Thomas Powell fight. That was crazy. He beats Andre Michalides. He beats Bruno Silva. So he was one, two, three, four. Well, let's just like so. His Andre Michalides fight was his was his fifth fight. So he's four and one after that. He beats Bruno Silva. That's his sixth fight. He beat Sean Strickland, that, that's his seventh fight. His eighth fight in all of MMA was against Israel Adesanya, where he won. His ninth fight was against Israel, which he was winning and then loses. And now he's going to fight um, Jan Blakovic, which at the very least will be a contender fight. So let's see here. One, two, three. He's had five fights in the UFC. Two of them were for the belt. So he it could potentially be a third straight fight for UFC gold. Can you imagine that? What a crazy career Alex Pereira has had. And you and you could tell me, well, Adrian, he's had a long kickboxing career. I'm like, yeah, so did Gokan Saki. And he didn't even do as well as Alex Pereira is doing in UFC, bro. With so many limited fights in the UFC. And you can tell me, well, he's, he's getting favorable matchups. It's not his fault. That's who the UFC is matching him up with. It's not his fault. Don't give me that. It's not his fault. But I will reach out for the... See if this Paulo news is real or not. Well, Marina Bueno Silva defeats Holly Holmes. Jack Dillian Mandelena defeats... Francisco Prado, who I'm a big fan of, defeats Omand Azitar. Park Jun-Young, the Turtle, defeats Albert Durayev. Norma Dumas defeats Ch Chelsea Chandler. Dazim Sakikov defeats Terrence McKenney. Now, everybody is giving Nazim a hard time. I will say this. I don't know if he was grabbing the fans because those cameras moved too fast for me. But if he was just pushing off the fans, that's very legal. But if he was putting his fingers in the cage, that's where it's not legal. But you can put your hand on the cage and push off it. What you can do is like interlock your fingers for leverage. You can push off it. You just can't interlock your toes or your fingers. I don't know if you guys knew that, but that's why I'm saying it to you. You know what I mean? So this Terrence McKinney fight, crazy fight. Norma Dumont versus Chelsea Chandler. That fight was insane because she hit her so hard that she had her run to the other side. But, dude, the people on the internet, dude, like, they're fast because, like, a couple hours after the fight, there was just these crazy edits all over the internet. Park Jung-Yong, that dude is insane. How old is this guy? Let's see. He's 32, man. 
He's gonna no. Well, yeah, he just turned thirty-two in February. I was about to say he's gonna be thirty-three. Then I looked at it. He's thirty-two. That guy's good, man. That guy's really good. Francisco Prado, twenty-one. I'm definitely gonna keep my eye out on him. He said he was gonna go up to welterweight. We'll see what happens there, but I'm really excited about this guy. He's from Argentina. That guy's awesome. Jack Delia Madalena. That guy is awesome. Now, I don't understand why people say Basil won. Because for me, Jack won the second and the third round handily. You can't even give the, the, the third round either 10-8 or almost 10-7. That dude was beating the brakes off him. And then I do I understand Bazil got the takedown in the first and second round. But, like, he was getting pieced up in the second round. I don't think it was a robbery. I think the judges actually got it right. So, I'd really be excited to see where Jack goes on from here. He was number 15. Just give him a ranked opponent so he can move up. Like, it doesn't make much sense to see who he could he find next. Just... Get up in the rankings, you know. That that's what's interesting here. Mayra Bueno Silva versus Holly Holmes. I was gonna say Marina for some reason, but she's either gonna again, like I said at the beginning of the show, she's either gonna get the title shot next or at the very least be the backup and fight for the title after Raquel Pennington and Juliana Pena. I mean this chick is nasty, bro. And she was getting pieced up. She got pieced up in the first round, and then she got a choke, and she chokes out Holly 38 seconds, 38 seconds into the second round. That is insane. Insane to me. And another thing we can confirm, let me see if I can find an article about it, is that Francis versus Tyson will go on their records, even though it will not be for the title. The WBC says that it will not be for the title. It will go on their records, so at least we have that to look forward to. Let's... Oh, we're talking about the arm break right now. Don't think I forgot about that, but we'll talk about it right now. Francis Ngannou says Tyson Fury boxing match comes with re with rematch clause. I believe it's only if Tyson loses. Francis Ngannou will be lined up for a second boxing match against Tyson Fury if he can pull off the unthinkable in their initial encounter later this year. Yes, see? It's only if... Tyson loses. Ngannou got the biggest fight available to him since parting ways with the UFC when the former UFC heavyweight champion locked himself into a 10-round bout with boxing heavyweight champ Fury on October 28th in Saudi Arabia. It will be an official contest with the result going on to the professional records of both men. Now, my only question is because, I, and I know a lot of people don't see this as a title, but I believe it should be the most important title because it doesn't have a sanctioning body. Does that mean the lineal championship will be on the line? Like if Tyson, I mean, yeah, if Francis were to like separate Tyson from his senses, does that mean Tyson will be the lineal heavyweight champion? Boy, I hope so. Getting this fight alone was massive for Ngannou. And he said it will net him a payday that's more valuable than all of his UFC fight purses combined. We could get an even bigger payday on the heels of the contest, too, if he manages to pull out a shocking upset. Yeah, there's a potential rematch clause in Gotham confirmed Monday on the MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani. I don't know exactly how to explain it, explain that language, but yes, there is a rematch clause inside of it. For if I win, definitely. If he beats me, that's what I don't know. 
We will see how it goes. That's why I have to win this fight. I have to do everything to get that rematch. Nganu said no matter the result against Fury, he will return to MMA competition afterwards. He signed a multi-fight deal with PFL earlier this year with his expected debut in 2024. He says that remains the plan. And if he manages to beat Fury, the result would come after his foray into the PFL cage. The second fight would be after the PFL debut because P the PFL fight is somewhere in the beginning of next year. And Gunnar said, maybe in February or March of next year. I was talking to Pete Murray about it, and that's the timeline. I mean, look, guys. Francis has done it all, okay? He beat the UFC. You're not going to want to admit it, but he beat the UFC. I don't care what you guys say. He beat the UFC, okay? He beat them. He beat them at their own game. He's like, oh, you don't think I can do it? Okay, watch. Mm, you don't think I can go get a boxing fight with Tyson Fury? Okay, watch. Oh, you don't think I can get um my own sponsorships? Okay, watch. Everything Francis said he was going to do, he's done it. Like, when are we going to stop doubting this guy? Now, are, are you guys upset because you want to see the John Jones fight? Do I want to see the John Jones fight? But ESPN can step in. Like, I'm glad other people are saying it. People are going to say Ariel said it first, but I have been saying this, okay? Just because I don't have the platform Ariel has, I better hear, even, it, it needs to be just two people. I better hear, well, Adrian was saying that before anybody. I said, the higher-ups at ESPN can get involved and get this fight done, which they can. They could they could have done it with top rank and with Francis still being in the UFC. But because Dana, again, it goes back to Dana, he hates Bob Arum, okay? I mean, he does not like him. He does not like him. He has utter hate towards that man. He used to work for Bob Arum, but he hates him so much. He does not like Bob whatsoever, bro. So we shall see what happens. I will reach out to the UFC. But one last thing I want to talk about, even though this is going to be kind of short, is I'll do an opinion. Dude, so last week, before, before I go, so last week, I thought on Friday it was Thursday. I'll be like, oh, I'll do the episode right now. I have it released by Friday. Keep in mind, it was already like 4 o'clock in the afternoon when they told me, dude, today's Friday. I was like, what? No. So that's why I didn't do two episodes last week. So it's just so you know, just so you know. Victoria Dudakova defeated Estela Nunez. Dude, she went for a takedown and she broke her arm. I mean, I saw that happen live. Juan Archuleta took some guy down and he broke his arm the same way. Like, they put their arms down to, like, catch themselves and then they just break. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I hope you guys saw that. If you didn't, you should go back and look at it. It was really nasty. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, Punch the Mouth Official, on Instagram. Well, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. Let's look at Jamal Hill's statement. The UFC light heavyweight title is vacant again. Jamal Hill, who has been champion for six months, announced Thursday night on his YouTube page that he ruptured an Achilles tendon and will be relinquishing, relinquishing the belt. Hill said in the video that, that he'll be out a while. If I had my choice, I would give up the belt, he said. 
Oh, no. If I had my choice, would I like to give up the belt? He said, no, I wouldn't. You got to be consistent. I understand it's the business. The show must go on. I'm not exempt from that. So for me, what he's saying here is that the UFC kind of forced his hand. Like, I'm hearing there was a call be like, yo, bro, come on, bro. The same thing happened to Yuri. You got an opportunity because something similar happened to him. But when is there a choice, you know? Like they were saying, I believe New York Rick, Connor Burks, and Ariel were saying, when is there a choice that they could be like, okay, I'm not going to fight for a year, but why don't you just make an interim belt? And if I can't come back within your time frame, you just instate that person as champion. It'll be former champion Glover Teixeira at UFC 283 in January to win the then vacant title. Teixeira was supposed to challenge Yuri Prohaska for the belt in December, but Prohaska suffered a shoulder injury and had to relinquish it. In place of Prohaska versus Teixeira at UFC 282 in December, the UFC booked a vacant title fight between former champion Jan Blakovic and Magomed Akilayev. The belt ended up being a split draw, leaving the division without a champion until he'll beat Teixeira. <laughs> listen, listen. This is the third time in the past three years that the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship has been giving up, has given up the title prior to Prohaska and Hill. Longtime 205 pound king John Jones vacated the, the belt in August of 2020 with the designs on moving up to heavyweight. Jones is now scheduled, is now the UFC Heavyweight Champion. Hill said he appreciated that Prohaska gave up the belt late last year. Rather than holding up the division, I'll do the same. Focus on getting back to 100%. And then, this is a tweet for Yuri. Man, I'm so sorry. I was really looking forward to our fight. I appreciate your release of the title. Only a person who has experienced this situation can appreciate such a thing. Who is next? Winner of Jan versus Pereira or... I mean, that, like, like I said, if you're going to do Jan Blakovic versus Alex Pereira, just make that a number one contender fight. Because if you make it, because if, it's going to sound funny the way I'm going to put this, but if you make it for the belt, you're going to look desperate be like, oh, we need a champion. So, bam, there's a high-profile fight here. Like, make them earn it, especially in Alex's case. Hill, 12-1, and one, has won four in a row, winning five and nine bonuses in each of those victories. The Chicago native has a 6-1 and one record in the UFC. UFC. Hill was the first Dana White Contender Series alum to become an undisputed champion. Sweet Dreams says he was promised by the UFC that he would get a shot at the title upon his return from injury. I already know I'm the real champion, Hill said. I'm the true champion. I can't wait to prove it. What's this? Combate Global signs MMA deal with Mexican influencer Jawi Mendez? Social media has been all the rage in boxing over the past several years. Now one is going into MMA. Jawi Mendes, a Mexican reality star and recording artist, has signed with Combate Global to compete as a pro mixed martial artist, mixed martial arts fighter. The promotion announced Thursday his debut will be on August 5th against Johan Rodriguez. Mendes, 33, was a member of Mexico's Acapulco Shore reality show, a take on the Jersey Shore for nine seasons. He'll be on another reality series, Hotel de los Famosos, which airs on one of Mexico's biggest networks, Televisa, 
Canal 5 for its next season. Mendez, who has more than 3 million followers on Instagram, has been training in MMA for two years since opening up his crew wellness club, Mexico, in Mexico City. He trains with MMA veteran Alfredo, Alfredo Morales and Carlos Enrique. Carlos Enrique Canada. His battle against Rodriguez, a Colombian fighter also making his pro debut, is contracted at 176 pounds catch weight. MMA has been red hot in Mexico with three Mexican-born fighters winning UFC titles in 2023. Combate Global, which draws strong television ratings in the U.S. on Univision, has been focused on the land talent, specifically fighters from Mexico and the Spanish-speaking audience since 2011 under UFC co-creator Campbell McLaurin. I mean, it's smart. Like, if this guy sees it and he can do it, I mean, can I support it? I mean, I'm not going to... At least he's doing it the right way. He's not going in there with... Since this is 176, he's not going in there with Wonderboy because we all know Wonderboy would... Like, he's doing it smart. So we shall see what happens. But I'll let you guys go there now. Follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later.